everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You're welcome along to LOI Central uh, in association with Future Ticketing, Porterhouse Brew and Collar and Cuff. And Decky, I'll be there very shortly ahead of the wedding. On today's show, we're going to hear from... No, it's not your wedding to be Not my wedding, no. Um, that'd, be a, that'd, be a, that'd be a good affair, Dan. I'd have to get you and uh, Del Boy along. To yeah. what, your wedding? Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. A few League of Ireland personalities. Is this, is this the first breaking news story of the day that you're just dropping in from the start? Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Like uh, Luke McNally's link with Tottenham Hotspur. He is going to feature on our show today. Yes. Um, we it wasn't completely fake news, I hear. The Tottenham thing? I don't think it was ever going to happen, but I think they, I think they might have been making them quite... They were aware of his existence. I mean, um, like you see some absolute garbage rumours, but... Mm. Um, I think this one came from a place of something, even though okay. it's not, it's not going to happen, I don't believe. But, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't, it's not like Spurs have never heard of him, put it like that. Okay. I I came across on, I think it was on Sunday on Twitter, a montage of his recent play and then decided to try to contact him. And it turned out they were actually playing MK Dons and Troy Parrott last night and they won. And uh, so he's going to feature. Um, with, uh, the montage set the music of any description or is it just um, sound noise? Can't remember. Sound noise even. Yeah, can't remember. You will hear the noise of Stephen O'Donnell and Stephen Bradley as well speaking after uh, a really interesting game. There's interesting again, Dan, in Tala. Oh yeah, we've... we've, we've on Monday. Yeah, we've stopped calling each other out on that. And, and it was a fascinating double header of games over the weekend. There was. We so what happened was that we went to games on Monday and we spoke to some people after them. And two of them were Sam Long and Rory Higgins. Um, so we didn't speak to Keith Long, but we spoke to his uh, namesake, Sam, who is creating uh, waves at Drogheda United on loan and um, doesn't exactly sound as you might think he would. We also will have the mystery voice and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we've uh, basically have a collage of interviews for you that over the weekend. Almost like a montage of our own. Almost like a montage of our own. God help us. Um, okay, so where were you at the weekend? So on Friday, I was at Tala, Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's. Um, and then on Monday, I was at Head in the Game Park. For Drada, right. Drada against Derry. So um, I'm just going to throw it out there, Dan. The title is over. Oh, here we go again. I'm with Shane Keegan. I heard him on the Football Family podcast in the 42. Rovers just win the league, unfortunately. Like I was at the when I was at the Shells. Oh, in, I was weeks at, we in. Uh, I know. Ten week ten. When I was at the Shell, when I was this at is the, generally around the time you call it. When I was at the Shell Shamrock Rovers game, um, it was like a minute to go. It was one all. I was like, "Derry are going to beat Harps tomorrow. That'll be a ten point gap." It, that didn't actually happen. It's now one point gap though, and you were at obviously the game in. in yeah, United. but like you, you say, it's over. Like, how do you mean? Um, I can't see Rovers not winning the league. To be honest, the way okay, they but, 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 but it's, it's, it's not over. Obviously. It's more a statement we'll, that it's over is probably inflammatory because that suggests it's that not, they don't yeah. need to do anything. Yeah, it's they're not, not even they're not even top. It's not over, and I think we'll have a tiger. You just race said it was over yet. a few sentences ago. Rovers will win the league. Well, that's different. That's that's a prediction. What do you think? I, I do believe that they will win the league, mm. but I, I mean, like, why why even bother having the season then if you know what's going to happen at the end of it? Isn't that the point? Look, why do why do you play any matches? Like, you know, why did Man City and Liverpool play half their games? They're probably going to win them. Brian so like Kidd, my over. friend, he messaged me this morning because I'm always kind of moaning about climate change. And he said, more than any other time in history, mankind faces a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness. The other to total extinction. Let us pray we have the wisdom to choose correctly. So it's kind of like that where the, the league is over, basically. But we'll have a bit of a title race. Does that make sense? Derry, um, are, st- Derry are still ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, pats are pats are pats are pretty I'm, much out of the time. I'm race. not disputing the importance of climate change. I just didn't <laughs> see the point for that text message really in the context. Of, it's it's basically like, well, what, what's the point? If, what's, the, what, what's the point of anything? What's the point of like, anything? I mean, I mean, you can you can I mean, you can strip all back everything you do in your existence to that. I mean, what is the point? Like we talk we talk about football all the time. I mean, one team scores more goals than another in a match. Like, you know, you get the best do, do, analysis. Do, does it, does it matter? Like, I mean, no, but nothing matters, but everything matters. Like okay. that's the whole point of it. Talk um, to me about Friday's well, game. Uh, well, all I'll say is, by the way, um, Derry were good and draw it on Monday in the second mm. half. And they haven't even had the services of Michael Duffy yet. And, um, Shamrock Rovers have the facility to have a very good European campaign but if they do and it's something they haven't coped with before and it's something they didn't have to cope with last year because unfortunately they got knocked out I know it's referenced in your interview with Stephen Bradley um, everything points to them winning the league right? they have the squad depth they have the quality but there are little variables that can make things more complicated for them. And Derry just need to hang in there mm. till the summer. Derry you know? are also in Europe. Yeah, they are, they are also in Europe. This is the thing. Um, but it's much harder. In reality, chances of them going to a group stage campaign are slim. Shamrock Rovers just need to win two ties to make a, mm. a group stage effectively. And we talked so, about uh, so, Europe so, as well. So, you know, with, with a particular combination of results, like if they won the first Champions League game, like so, I, okay. As I guess what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I actually saw more in Derry on Monday to think, yeah, like, I mean, they're going to hang they, in they, there. They, they've they've got the ability certainly to hang in there, and um, yeah, I mean, you can you can say Rovers will win, will win the league, but there's a big difference between that and saying, oh, it's sure it's over, it's done. Yeah, no, okay. So I'm obviously slightly kind of exaggerating here, but in fairness, on Monday um, and and on Friday, there were chances in the first half for the opposition where Shamrock Rovers could have gone behind in key games, and the the one that the one for me was Billy King's um, strike, which basically Alan Mann is kind of. Like he, he left one side of the goal fairly open and Billy King didn't quite get enough and Manus made a very good save and I think Doyle then missed his own Doyle, own Doyle missed the follow up so and, and again Dundalk did have two chances in the first half at nil all um, no they were the, the other point is Rovers completely dominated both second halves they just turned it on yeah and the, the performance they produced on Monday for 15 minutes around the, the goal was honestly as good as I've seen in a long time in the League of Ireland game it was really really good standard um, epitomised by that goal which was Honestly, like the quality of that pass, it was yeah, since the, the, pass the weight was. of that pass and Danny Mandroyu's resurgence and all, um, the bench as well. You know, Shane Keegan again has gone on, but but like the bench, it's just they just they just they just bring him on. They'd like Rory Gaffney didn't even feature. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, I, 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 I like I think that the level Rovers hit, um. Like it's been mixed at times and it's not that they, they haven't necessarily maybe had brilliant 90 minutes. It's that it's mm. a sort of 20, 30 minute spells where you think this is incredibly good. Um, and they completely, like they, they sort of strangle Pats on Friday. Really. Like, you know, this, Pats did not have a chance at all in the second half of that game like at all. Um, and I thought that was very striking. I mean, I wasn't at the game on Monday. I watched sort of the first half. You paid the seven I, I euro. Paid the seven, I, paid, I, paid, I paid 14 euro on Monday to try and watch games. Um, shells and bows and will you, will, will, you, and dock. will you get the endo to put it under the expenses tab no, no. I, can't, I won't be able to do that very noble um, but no I believe it's yeah. all the money you've saved I believe, I believe, some, other, I believe some other tournaments like you know they give, they give media their passes to, to, to do it but clearly every penny counts you know this because we could watch it and talk about the games and stuff but you know to be honest listen we should, we should pay our money we don't have to ever pay into games so um, that's one of the privileges that exist but um, although I must say like paying for games on your phone 
Yeah. You're something, it's not for me. Like, really, I'm not sure yeah. I'll do that again. You should try the first division and the picks a lot. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, but you know, you, you want to be able to watch it and cast it and, like, doing it on the run is yeah. just, like, it's, yeah. it's difficult. But anyway. Um, they strangled them in the second They did. Half. And, but I've seen it now. Like, I've seen some of the commentary in um, Dundalk since the game on Monday. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, Rovers aren't up to much to there for the taking. And, like, after which the uh, yeah just I think in general I think there's there's one of the great cycles and one of the great things in League of Ireland football is that you'll have a team that has its spell at the top there was a lot of commentary from Sligo around 2013-2014 because they had their spell you know they won the Cups under Paul Cook and then they won the league under 2012 and they dropped off a bit mm. and you'll see like you know Sligo pundits even columnists and stuff like oh, the league you know it's just not the level it was when they're struggling the next couple of years there was a bit of that from draw the fans back in 09 010 and shells various teams when they're t- and now because the dockers sort of have slipped off a bit and they're not like say a top two team oh, the standard is oh, it's dreadful now it's, you know, it says a lot of you know if, if, if rovers are the best there is out there the where is that place. coming from I, I just don't you, believe you, you've Jack Byrne I just Danny don't believe McDroy. I just don't believe it's accurate now the thing is Rovers haven't been sensational like you wouldn't say that this they year they were sensational in parts okay but they haven't like like they're winning games say by the minimum margin mm. like you know so I understand the point of view that there may be not like you know a couple of years back you'd see I, I always remember the game in Tala where Dundalk was it 2016 when, they, when Rovers were like third or fourth and Dunlop smashed them 4 nil in Tala or 3 nil, mm. I think Alan Keane scored when he was there. And I remember being at that game, I actually think I was just there watching it, not working and thinking, wow. And yeah, okay, Rovers don't do that too often. You know what I mean? Like they don't, um, they, they, it's a different type of control that they probably exert as opposed to, you know, they don't necessarily open up. Once or twice they've done it. There was a game against Pats last year. They won 3 one in the break but they they don't uh, and, and against some of the lesser teams in the league but maybe against the teams that aren't too far they they, they just they, they've done enough but like I'd be very it'd be rash to underestimate their quality I think um, now the big test of it is going to be Europe this summer like I think and, I, and like there is a serious debate around that and there is in fairness people who, who so are, the big test is people, Europe so, you're, so why isn't winning the league again no the no well well do you know what I mean? But that's, the, but that's the minimum of what you would expect from them. Like they do have the best squad in the league. Like, you know, I, as I said, I'm expecting them to win the league. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's 100% over. I also think as well that, like, I think Derry are becoming more of a, a viable rival, you know, and they haven't necessarily had to face that in the last year or two as well. I think that's probably part of why they haven't necessarily got respect, that they haven't had a team that's really pushed them. Like, mm. there's no doubt that the Knox capitulation like was a massive help to them you know yeah. so but I, I guess what I'm saying is that um, people are saying what's the level of the league this year generally and it, I can understand it that it's maybe not as intense or as demanding at times and it's more technical and even at times like it's sort of slow for periods and then it sort of speeds up and even as Tom Gravosti was saying a team scores one goal and, and then they, they try the bus, hold yeah. on to it so I, I guess Rovers like floundered in Europe last year you'll remember when they probably went to Estonia and were far too open mm. and probably like didn't approach the game in maybe the way they should have in the first they probably just believed they were they could outscore them if you know what I mean yeah and it'll be interesting to see this year interesting there's that word again if some of the sort of discipline they've shown in some of the games here can be applied to that European 
example because that's what it's preparation for. And I think the way a couple of our teams are playing, um, it may not look terrifically good um, at times, but I kind of wonder, we'll, we'll get the answer in the summer. Like, I think that it's very possible. Standard is very high. It's very moment. possible that, you know, I think Rovers and, and Derry, you know, Pats, there's a lot of luck with the draw in that Europa Conference League. It's they're all going to be unseeded. The, if you, if the you, other clubs, yeah. the other clubs. So you could you could get a stinker, or you could also get like a team from Wales who just happened to be seeded. Like yeah. you know, um, Stephen O'Donnell touched on this, and we will hear from them. Yeah, let's let's hear from Stephen. Why don't we hear from Stephen Bradley and Stephen O'Donnell because that touches on a couple of these topics, right? And you spoke to them both after the game on Monday. I enjoyed the game. I thought it was a good game. Good game. Yeah, I thought there was a good tempo to it. I, th- I thought it was a game. If if you're carrying any passengers, they'd be seen, you know. Um, I thought at times in the first half we played up through them. I thought we created the best cha- two best chances of the half. They had dangerous moments. They're always going to have dangerous moments. But from a clear cut point of view, chances wise, I didn't think they carved us. Just a disappointing thing. Second half, I didn't think, you know, we had a base at half time. Go on now and really take a foothold in the game. don't think we carried enough of a threat second half, but when they scored the goal, it's actually the second half was probably the most comfortable we were in regards, you know, them having no threatening sort of big chances or clear-cut chances. As I said, they're going to have territory at times. They're going to have sort of dangerous moments, but they didn't really have loads of chances. But, you know, Jack Byrne picked the ball up, middle of the pitch, and then just... Really good quality. Like I watched it back. Actually, it looks even better now than it did here. On yeah, the really good way to pass, and you know that's good. It's great playing against quality like that in regards to our boys, and we know we, we where we have to get to. And as I said, there we will get there. Um, and I thought a, a few of our lads really performed well, but you know, someone said there, um, Pal is not going to dictate your your season or that, but we wanted to dictate our season in regards. They're the matches you want to play and they're the matches you don't want to be you're defeated in. So that's where we have to go. And I, I, I thought we performed really well uh, at times. thought our work rate was, was brilliant in regards to keeping a shape and everyone rowing in together. Um, so it's, 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 it's good for our new boys and that a real good eye-opener and where we want to get. To and, and uh, you know, lots of positives too. Interesting just watching you on the sideline in the first half particularly you were getting frustrated I don't know if it's a pass selection and a few errant pass but you're, you're not getting any less animated with experience as a manager you're still kind of playing the game almost Yeah, no, that's the way that's the way I managed to a certain extent coach and you know as you said it's just our, little, our pass selection at times now I am aware as well it's easy from the cheap seats when you're not down there but I thought there was opportunities I thought when we did thought the move for um, for Class Dickie's move, yeah. chance was, was a great move and I thought we could have done that more just sloppy little on the post 8-10 yarders and when we did do that I thought we dragged them around really well so that's you know that's why that's why it's frustration because I know we have the calibre of player and the quality of player to do it so and we showed that at times What's realistic for you this season you think I know it's a lot early days I'm not going to pigeonhole us like I'll treat every game on its merits you know <laughs> couple of results can determine your ambitions you know so like we're going to have a really tough game on Friday uh, Shelburne's last two away games they've gone to Sligo and one have gone to um, Derry and one so that tell, that in itself tells you what what the threat they pose and how solid they are as well away from home so get recovered tomorrow and look forward to the game on Friday Damien Duff as well that'll be a bit of crack yeah we um, I've only a little experience with Damien I, I really like him um, I love the passion he's bringing to the league you know he's not coming into the league and leaning up against the dugout and saying I'm above this he's really throwing his heart and soul into it and um, we drew a Tolka 
um, and we actually played them in a bounce game during the international week so I had a little bit of a chat with them there obviously I know Joey from growing up same age group and that so two lads that have a a lot of time for us so I'm looking forward to the game Friday The boys you brought in on loan what have they made of it so far a night like tonight is kind of obviously an experience for them Yeah I've not really asked them uh, so I'm sure they're really enjoying it it's you know it's very much alien to the 23s and, and B team games of playing in that atmosphere parts of that atmosphere most people against you the real high octane good tempo game against good physical men so um, I'm sure they're enjoying it and that this will help them grow even more Just finally it's like a sign of where the league could be here tonight really enjoyable game a lot of quality big crowd good ground good pitch and all that Yeah very good and I think there was 7,500 here on Friday was there and we brought a good, good away support tonight and uh, we're, we've got a very good crowd on Friday against Sligo as well so I think the crowds are up and um, we've been down this road before it's a good it's a good league there's lots of good players and you don't play well in this league unless you're a good player or, and I just it's a little bit tiresome of people not giving it the credit it deserves it's a good league as I said with good players and um, people cross channeling that they might think it's beneath them but <laughs> a lot of them get their eyes open when they come here and struggle um, great two games for you there coming in here yeah. tonight obviously yeah really important games because uh, obviously the last round we came out with one point from these two games so the aim was obviously to come out with six this time and we've done that uh, two difficult games because both came and were really stubborn in how they set up uh, we knew they would be well organised Stephen's a good coach we knew they'd, they'd, uh, they'd try and make it difficult for us they did um, they had one chance in the first half but after that I thought we really could control the game and, and we just said a half time just be patient in what we're doing and, and it'll open up because the spaces were there What pleased you the most? Our patience yeah we didn't we didn't come away from what we do because uh, in the first half we had a few we were in the final tour and our decision making or the ball or the run was just a bit off but uh, it was important we didn't come away from that because the spaces were there we just needed to be better when we were in them and thankfully Jack's quality in the second half was standing in and, and, we, and we score Yeah Jack's quality in the second half I mean I suppose some people have said he's not been quite at his best yet but maybe that's that 10 minute cameo was amazing second half yeah he looks second half like he's getting back to himself we know it's going to take time we knew that um, he's been out for a year and the level that Jack plays at and how he plays it takes time to get back to that level but he's getting there he's working hard and, and like you said for that 10 or 15 minutes in the second half he, he was unplayable yeah and uh, Danny Mandroyo obviously has had a great few weeks as well yeah he's come back he looks like he's back in the zone that he was in last year yeah, he looks focused um, and he looks hungry to score goals he could have had one or two in the first half uh, but he was a thorn in the side all night because he can run him behind he's so athletic and he's so uh, good off either side so, and when you put him 1v1 one, one Nine times out of ten, he scores. The quality of the pass? Uh, brilliant. It means Danny doesn't have to take a touch. If it's too quick, Danny has to uh, get there and take a touch. If it's too slow, he has to drag it. Uh, it's just there for Danny to go and uh, finish, but that's the quality Jack has. How do you keep everyone happy as well? I mean, you have to make changes tonight. You even look at your bench, the lads you didn't even bring on, Gaffney, for example. How do you keep them happy? It's not about keeping them happy. Uh, they're here because they're part of a group that wants to win things. Yeah. It's simple as that. If they don't, uh, people don't want to be part of that. We, we said at the start of the season, it's no problem. We shake your hand and you move on. But uh, we know we need the group. We've been there. Uh, we want to be challenging on all fronts. Europe, uh, League, Cup. 
and to do that we're going to need the squad we're going to need everyone uh, the group know that and, and they've been brilliant they've handled that really well they're together they're tight and they're really good characters Yeah did you learn from last year in Europe with a view to this year I know we've talked about before but um, some of the quality in the second half you could just see that working in Europe I guess Yeah yeah. I, look we, we know we let them get away last year with the talent game they were better to be fair to them they deserve to go through but uh, we're better than what we showed uh, over the two legs and, and if you can put ourselves in that position again um, we've definitely learned and I think we've got the quality to go and, and go and uh, go a step further Just the crowds this year Stephen like, you're here tonight it was a five and a half thousand they're really buzzing the place I know there's a bit of an edge between the two clubs mm. it's, it's real it feels like a great time in the league That's uh, brilliant I've seen Shells are solo today and I'm sure it's the same around the country uh, but our fans have been unbelievable we had seven and a half thousand on Friday night and then we have nearly six thousand tonight it's uh, on a bank holiday weekend it's incredible so massive thank you to them but it's great to see around the league around the country uh, the uh, crowds are up and Please God, we can we can keep them there. The pitch is like a carpet here as well, which helps. Like it does because it allows you to play the football we want to play. And the groundsman Billy, he's brilliant for us. Uh, he's always talking to us how you want it. Yeah, when he's doing walking, as he tells us when he's doing it, and that's that's all part of it. They're the small detail that matter. I suppose the last um, two games, you were very much in control at the end. That must please you a lot. Yeah, we never looked in any danger in, in either of the games. We looked really really calm, and and if anything, we could have actually added more in them two games. Um, and and that's just uh, to get us know how and understanding how to. How to win games? Yeah, and you seem to be clicking into gear, I suppose. Yeah, we're getting there. We felt we first round of games was okay, 17 points. We take that, uh, but we know we can go a few levels, and we're starting to get there. I think uh, times on Friday and times tonight, we are we are very very good. Yeah, so I was kind of being um, rushed a bit to to hurry on with the Stephen O'Donnell thing, so I couldn't really extrapolate on what he was saying at the end, and I'm not exactly sure what he was. What about, about the people coming to the league and not respecting yeah, it? Or something? Yeah, and he was saying that. Um, I think he's like I think he hits the he hits the nail on the head here. He's like that that was a good game of football, Dan. There was serious quality in that game, and it's like if he was like if you're a passenger in this, you're massively found out straight away. And Dundalk, you text me before the game that they were basically like playing without a striker. Mm. Which they kind of were. No, Dan um, Kelly did, in fairness, play as a striker. He did, Sorry, although yeah. he's, he's obviously not a striker. So they they didn't have a recognised striker on the pitch, and they kind of, um, I guess, they tried to expose Shamrock Rovers with Kelly's pace. And the one real bit of quality from Dundalk was the chance that Kelly missed in the first half. Really, really good move. Lovely step over by Sloggett. Um, Kelly just they lack conviction with his strike. Um, but you know the second half, um, as Stephen Bradley said, then they, they their patience and I, I I kind of always felt Rovers were going to score in the second half. Um, and I was talking to a Dundalk fan who's like, oh, Dundalk they really struggled to break them down and so on and so forth. It was like I didn't I didn't see that. I thought they were getting way on top when they scored. Um, and the quality of the goal um, just shows that Jack Byrne I think is getting there. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about Rovers this year, and it's actually a striking thing about the league table, I mean, they still have leaned reasonably heavily on their home form, you mm. know, in terms of their points delivered at home. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know... Like, Full house uh, on Friday, five and a half I mean, that's amazing. I mean, we've gone about settings and backdrops and stuff, but it's so true. Like, if you went Seven and a half thousand people in Tala on Friday for a game against Pats that wasn't even like built up all week mm. as, you know, this is a big game we need to sell or something. Like in, in League of Ireland circles, you knew it was a big match. And of course, like it does help. You're playing at, at Pats, Pats whose support has been very good this season. And Kudos thinking, to the Dundalk fans. It was a big Dundalk yeah, fan no, on a Monday. And it really, there was such a good atmosphere it wasn't like you can go to games and there's 40,000 at it and you'll fall asleep with the atmosphere there was really good atmosphere yeah but they, my, yeah, my point is that like, and it looked great my point is that sometimes to get some of these attendances at games you need some big push or some mm. big drive but actually the dream scenario was almost happening now and that 
um, people are just starting to habitually go to some of these games mm. um, in good numbers. And like there's a lot of sort of kids at the game on, on Friday for the Rovers-Pats game. And there's a lot of young people. And of course, you know, you have to keep them. And, and like there's, you know, you can't get complacent about it and think you have it, you have it sort of sorted either. But it does show, I mean, the talent experience does show how much of it, like facilities and stuff help, doesn't it? You and know, the pitch. You want to bring, yeah. And, and, and you know, everything is set up to, to sort of work there. And it isn't always the case. But like, just to go back to that point, I mean, Shamrock Rovers, their home record this season, they've played six games and they've taken 16 points. So that's 16 out of a possible 18. Away from home, they've played five and they've taken seven points, mm. you know? So, um it's not something that's been commented on. You don't necessarily talk about Fortress Tala, but like, the, you know, sometimes it's actually a nice place for teams to go and play in because, it's, again, great pitch, great venue. People probably look forward to going there. Uh, you know, I think Luke McNally will mention it later on about going to Tala and stuff, but actually their, their efficiency at home has been very good. And so just the little point you have to make that in the first series of games, they did lose in Richmond. They did lose in Derry. And they could easily have lost in Dundalk. They got away with one in the 19th minute. Pat Hogan. Probably shouldn't have lost either. Well, 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 I know that, but I'm just saying that they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So, so like that's the one little note that in the next series of games, Stephen Bradley references their points in this. It's, it's. I mean, we have the perfect example on Friday is that they're going to go to Daily Mount on Bipolar Friday Bohemians. after Bo, who were Bows, who a place where last season they lost. Um, more than once, mm. you know. So, um, and this uh, this is part again of like why they haven't got maybe the love or the respect is that at times in the last couple of seasons, while they've won the league, there's been some games that they've lost that you know that that, that have that have led people to think, oh, you can get at them, and they're, they're if, not if all you don't, that. If you don't recognise how good the Shamrock Rovers team's team is in the context of League of Ireland champions, you haven't a clue about football. Seriously, like Jack Byrne is playing for Shamrock Rovers. This is a quality that we don't normally have in the League of Ireland, and. He's just one one of their many players. Listen, I see your point. I'm just you playing know. a small bit of devil's advocate mm. here with you. Like that, you know, they, they lost the cup final in 2020. Like they, they, there's been at times where they are by far the best team in the league. Um, but they haven't necessarily, there's, there's been specific games where they, they haven't necessarily looked like it that leads people to doubt them. And that's why they're not being viewed in the same um in the same sort of uh, way that some other sort of double winning, you know, sort of back-to-back winning champions have mm. been. That's just, you know, that's, that commentary is out there. Like we put out the mailbag, we'll come to it later. You get loads of comments like that from fans of other clubs. Maybe part of it is, listen, Rovers don't like Rovers, that's fine. But it is a view that exists and you have to respond to it. And not everyone um, shares the view that you have. Some people might say you're, you're too enthusiastic about them. You know, and that's just an opinion that will come in, that will come into us off the back. I think they do have to do it in Europe. I think they do have to. Europe is a massive thing in terms of national, like broader. um, They haven't broken through to the sort of national consciousness in terms of this Mm. this rover side in the way that the dock and and shells say. Yeah, I think they'll have regrets in Europe, like um, more than more than one season, particularly last season, but also like you know the previous season when. Um, they, they had an opportunity and I, I think that will stand them this year and just Jack Byrne coming back I think will stand them but the, the, the Derry situation Dan is interesting Derry have lost one game they've 24 points from 11 it's a seriously good start the only thing is um, a lot of things have gone against them over the last two games in, alone well, we spoke um, to yeah like we spoke to Rory Gaffney in Tala or sorry in Roadstone last Thursday and he actually said and not, players don't always 
talk about other teams' games. Mm. But he sort of looked at the Easter weekend and he was like, well, Derry looked to have easier fixtures than we do. Mm. You know, referencing home to shells and a way to draw the and, and Rovers, you know, are Pats and Dundalk coming to town and they've closed five points out of it. Now, the shells game, it does appear um, that the Derry performance slipped. Um, on Monday, they didn't start especially well in Drada. They were 1-0 up. Um, Sam Long, the Drada online keeper, makes a sensational save, although it's a dreadful miss for McIntundy as well too. It's one of these, people may not have seen it. Yeah. A slide rule uh, across six yards out, McIntundy has to score. He kind of scuffs it and it sort of bounces up in the air and Long has to sort of clamber and, and throw a hand at it. And that sort of changes the game. Derry, so Drada go up and equalise I said having started well um, Drawder probably deserved to be level at half time but the second half battered I mean, them Derry battered them they were clipping the ball all the time to Drawder's right side Andrew Quinn was playing there uh, Drawder took off Grimes and brought on Georgie Poynton but Derry just kept sort of just every time they almost they got the ball they were like let's send it out that way and then when McGonagall came on he was one on one a lot of time and he didn't was start chan- no so so Higgins sort of rested a couple of bodies you know so he brought in a triple so a treble change of Brandon Kavanagh McGonagall and uh, Patrick McElhenney with, that's not bad with, like, no exactly like with 20, with 22 either. minutes to go and uh, they, they had lots of chances like they, they really should have won but I mean it was good defending from Drod Drod are sort of underrated I think they've made a magnificent they're, yeah start. they're unbeaten they're, in six they're you know, un- unbeaten in six they've so only lost four of their 11 games yeah. and he's had injuries as well like he's not like it's been straightforward they're six points ahead of Finn Harps Finn Harps only win was against uh, Shelburne when Shelburne were pathetically bad so I would I'm, I'm, I'm wondering now about Harps this season I let's think, not let's not get drawn in a tangent to the other end of the table right we'll, we'll deal with that in the well, but, we deal, we but deal with both uh, uh, yeah, yeah but let's just stick with Derry but like I think that if Derry sort of maintain that level in the second half, um, you know they'll pick up a lot of points. You know, mm. so I'm just not. I wouldn't be. I'd be quick. I would be wary of dismissing them too quickly on the strength of the weekend just gone. But it, it does show um, dealing with those du- those double weekends is where like Dundalk with their depth used to blow. Mm. Dundalk always used to win the league in April and May. That was the thing in 2019 when you called the league and that was fine. But like Dundalk sort of. The, when the when fixtures stacked up, they racked up the points, and Rovers are sort of taking that role on now. Yeah, they can manage those weekends. You know, the second game they can sort of they can they can seamlessly sort of adapt to it. Well, so they were able to say like, so Gaffney didn't start. Um, Burke Burke obviously wasn't playing. Kavanagh came back in. Um, he didn't play, and they like they were able to kind of mix it up so much to the extent that it didn't really seem to affect them. Like Aaron Green. Aaron Green starting up front against um, a fairly not the quickest sort of Rovers or Dundalk uh, backline um, might have given Dundalk hope they were able to bring on a Maku and I'm, I'm thinking like was it a game to start a Maku or does he have that faith in him oh, yet because he's yeah. uh, sorry um, yeah does he have that faith in him to um, start a game like that and he did well when he came on very very pacey like very, yeah very I think pacey. people are, are I think people are questioning Dundalk's tactics as well but I think um, I think they might be conscious that they they don't have a huge amount of pace at the back and they mm. probably tried to be a bit more compact in that game um, because you can see when it got stretched like Rovers kept finding fi- finding the gaps and I mean like O'Donnell against Rovers last year with Patsy always used to try something different in the games and this year in Oriel he tried something a bit different and he, he did try something here but I actually think as well what's happening with some of these other clubs that they are minding their challenges minding their squad a bit mm. and they have slightly smaller squads so um, there's a busy period coming up and, and like 
both Derry and Dundalk took big names out of the firing line for their games on Monday. Now, did it work? Possibly not. But will it stand to them in the coming weeks? Maybe. And that's sort of the game that you have to play. But anyway, let's hear... Um, well, the, just on, on that point, like Dundalk are away to Shamrock Rovers, which they're obviously expecting not. They're, they're very unlikely to win that game. Derry were playing to draw that, where they're odds on favourites and they're expecting to win the game. And I think that'll. We, we did hear from Rory but that's obviously going to hurt him. Well, let's hear from. Let's anyway, hear, they did more than enough to win the game. Well, I mean, just the, didn't. May, yeah, let's hear from Rory Higgins. Sensing your frustration levels are a bit high after that. I'm very frustrated. Um, leaving here with a point when, when it should be three is. is uh, it's difficult to take, but it's football, and and it, and it bites you in the backside. And um, it's been a weekend where we should have at least four points, and we've taken one. So of course it's frustration, but um, we now have to shift our focus to, to Friday. Are these Friday Mondays a challenge, just in terms of you know rotation and trying to get the balance right? Because obviously you left a few out tonight, presumably just because of sort of workload and. Mm. Scheduling. I I think that's that's a fair way to put it. But um, obviously Patrick, we have to manage him. Uh, we have to try and help him get ro- become robust again and, and be able to manage these situations. And I think you've seen his quality when he came on tonight for the last half hour. What he gives the team and um, hopefully he's building back up and physically and and, and we can uh, we can get him the the peak level very soon. And, and um, Brandon and Jamie, I, I felt just need to take him out. A wee bit of a, a break and then come in and uh, late in the game and try and make an impact, which I felt all three subs did. And um, aye, we've uh, we've deserved the three points, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. I know you're saying there before that you don't care about Shamrock Rovers and what they've done, but you know, like players will be aware of people saying that to them and stuff like that. Is it just a case of just is that actually the mentality in the group to no, block it out I, completely? I, honestly, it's it's we just. Um, we just try and, and, and attack the next game and that's the way that we 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 can't control what anyone else is doing. Shamrock Rovers, as I said before and I'll say it again, are the, the benchmark for everyone else in Irish football to get to and we want to get there. Um, and and how quickly can we get there, I'm not sure, but we just want to play um, and attack every game and try and win every game that we play. And so far, um, we have a good points return would I have liked a bit more off the last four days of course would just a one side the, the save or the miss whatever you want to call it a 2-0 Akintunde did that even just shock your team for a couple of minutes or something do you think it's sort well, of contributed scored, to the they, goal they, they, they scored within the next couple of minutes so it probably was a moment in the game where if it goes in the game's over and then they go down the other pitch and it's game on so it just shows you football's a, a ruthless business and um, when you when you don't take your chances when they're presented, then it, it, it ultimately comes back to punish you, and, and that's what it done tonight. And we had chances again to go in front. Um, I think we were too honest a couple of times. There was definitely contact in the box, and we stayed in their feet. I think um, we have to learn from other clubs that when in that sense and, and not be so naive. So, uh, aye, listen, I'm not. I'm certainly not telling the players they they dive, but when you're fouled in the box, you're fouled in the box. And I think you have to go to ground these days. They, they get penalties. So, um, aye, it's uh, the harsh reality of football is tonight where we've deserved to win the game and we haven't. That's it in a nutshell for me. 
as you say, just quite a frustrated figure, kind of. Yeah, like, I mean, but... You know, the one thing I was thinking about about the dairy title challenge, something like we're in what six years into this pod, and I've always made the point that for a team to go from 20 something points behind to win the league, and it was the same with Rovers, and, and yeah, you almost have to lose one to win one, yeah, and and that's part of the and, and it's you know, Pats last year, you would have thought if they'd kept the same thing together, they would have gone closer this year because, yeah, that was their 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 sort of they're bridging the gap year. Is Rory Higgins even there a year yet? Like No, he's not, but he's around this time last year. But maybe it may well be that Derry will challenge this year and fall short and next Mm. year is the time that they go for it. Um, And and again, like it's that expectation, like Derry in recent years, I mean, some of the players who are there a while are used to sort of, you know, winning every other game. You know, now to to win this league, you need to be on it all the time. And... um, so that, that is part of the process. But anyway, we mentioned about uh, mentioned about Drada and we mentioned about Sam Long. So he is their goalkeeper. He's on loan from Lincoln. Um, he's been pretty impressive uh, thus far this season. And I had a chat with him uh, after his heroics on Monday night. Yeah, it's a good night's work for you. Yeah, um, everyone did their bit. Um, you know, my job is to keep the ball out of the net and, and everyone else did their job as well. So... Obviously, we're happy with the point, um, and we'll look to kick on um, Saturday and, and turn a good result tonight into an even better result. Tell me about that save in the first half, because I think it's one that's gonna, it's one of those ones that Cliff will probably go around. So, give us your take on it, sir. Um, well, yeah, he's he's come down the, the left, um, and uh, Tufel was getting set for his shot, and then he's come across. Um, and I've just kind of thrown myself across the goal, and, and on a, yeah, he, he probably should, he'll probably be disappointed with it, the striker. But as a keeper, you've got to just keep going and do everything you can. So um, yeah, I've just seen the ball kind of floating above me, um, and I've just kind of clawed it out. And then the second one. I was never going to try and catch that. I just smacked it away. Is that like reflexes? I mean, you see goalkeepers doing your work in the training ground all the time or before the match, and it's all about getting up or reacting to yeah. change of direction. Is that what that was all about, effectively? That's the work? Yeah, well, goalkeeper training is kind of, yeah, it's a different sport completely. And we, in, in training, we, we do different things, but a lot of the stuff is around the six-yard box, you know, the speed around the, across the goal. And, and we do a lot of work with Graham and, and Colin as... Um, just on that, you know, getting up quickly and, and reacting as quick as you can. So, um, yeah, happy to save. And what can you do? Uh, you got family there today, then I see. Is yeah. that, who have you got over there then? Um, so I've got my my mum, my dad, um, my brother, my sister, and my brother's girlfriend. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So have they been tired much before? Is this all a bit of an experience uh, for them? Yeah. Well, I don't think my dad probably has. Um, my my the rest of my family. Probably not, no. Um, they came to the UCD game on Friday as well, so um, it's four points they've come seen us get, and so I'm really happy they're here. You know, being away from home, but um, yeah, I'm happy we can, they can come and watch me play and, and they support me. Yeah, so what's it been like, the whole Irish experience then? Because it was a bit of a left field one when it's already mm. come up. I mean, how did it, I mean, we spoke, spoke to Kevin there a few minutes ago and he said there'd been a lot of meetings and chat about it and then you make your league one debut mm. just before you come yeah, over. Yeah. So it must have been a sort of a mad couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. We, um, I was looking for a loan at about Christmas time um, in England and, and, and nothing was coming up. Um, and then I kind of heard 
few whispers about Ireland, um, and obviously Sean's from Lincoln and he's from Ireland, and, and he was like, yeah, we've got an opportunity. Obviously, he's coming as well. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, but he's coming as well, and, and we kind of just, I just said, you know what, it's, it's a great, great way to get games. Um, obviously, it's away from home, but I lived away from home at Lincoln, and I'm from London, so... I don't know if you know what I mean. Pardon my ignorance, how far is Lincoln? Is that sort of uh, a... It's probably about two and a half hours, okay. hours. Um, So I already lived from home, away from home at, at the age of 16. Um, and so I was kind of used to it already. Um, I like to cook. Um, I don't know what my mum will say about keeping keeping the house clean, but... So she's been uh, over to check it out this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Like, is you around the corner here or something? You're quite close to here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm probably about 15 minutes away. But. Okay. But Kevin Dart, you said around the corner, but listen, yeah. you know... Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's good for me as well, as, as a person, instead of not just a player, you know, building different so, uh, social skills, you know, coming into a place where I, 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 I didn't know anyone. Um, but, you know, I get on well with all the lads now and... and uh, and I'm definitely building more skills cooking and Are you living on your own? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, that is a big adjustment, like, especially as one of the obstacles people would have said or an issue with is that training in the evening. And mm. Sometimes it's hard for clubs like Drawda to get lads on loan mm. with the evening training. So what are you doing during your days then to sort of fill your um, time? I try to get in the gym as much as I can. Um, I think naturally I'm quite a skinny person so mm. um, I try and get in the gym as much as I can um, and then I just try and fill my days um, with whatever I can um, it is tough sometimes but I'm not going to say it's tough because there's, there's, there's things I'd rather not be doing but you know um, yeah. but I mean training in the evenings it's not too late it's only 5 o'clock um, and I get them all really loud and yeah so, so what do you use sort of a Netflix mm. or watching stuff or yeah. you know, slightly different like what, what have you actually fit in your hours with them um, I do I do I do like uh, PlayStation yeah um, but I try and be a bit more productive you know I'm not just going to sit there and play PlayStation watch Netflix all day try and get out and actually do stuff um Otherwise, yeah. Have you explored Ireland a bit? I mean, have you? I suppose, well, you know, it's, you're, it's it's hard maybe in the in the sort of uh, the, the spring mm. months, but maybe as the summer goes on, you might get more chances. Of yeah, it. yeah. Well, I've been to Dublin a few times. Um, you know, I like the city. It's quite similar to, I'd say, probably Manchester. Um, so yeah, I've been around there. Um, some of the lads live, you know, in different areas of Dublin and Swords and things like that. So I try and, you know hang around with them a bit, get to know the city a bit more, but um, I'm used to I'm used to driving now. Um, I've had it on my way around, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's been... It's definitely been an experience that I won't forget, and hopefully we'll make more, many, more memories like tonight. Look, it's a draw, but it's a good point. Um, but we can't get carried away. So uh, what's your arrangement? Is it till the summer, or is it the end of the season? What's the arrangement on the loan? Um... Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, I think that depends on the my parent club Lincoln and Jordan and, and the agreement. They Where they're at? Okay, yeah. no, that's fair enough. They won't put you on the spot with that. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that's up in the air. Because like making your league one debut must have been a like a whirlwind experience. Yeah, was, you know, it was surreal. It was surreal. Um, it was it was Plymouth away. Yeah. I don't know if you know where Plymouth is, but yeah, that, I know that is a long yeah. way away. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was six hours on the coach overnight, and I didn't know until the day before that I was playing. Um, I rang my parents when I found out and 
to be fair, they, they made the journey. Um, I don't think they were going to miss out on that. So, but And then we got the last-minute winner, which uh, made it even better. So, yeah, that was that was amazing. But Great, and they're keeping in touch with you, I assume, and sort of, yeah. you know, it shows they rate you as well, if you know what I yeah, mean. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, uh, the, my goalkeeper coach at Lincoln, Steve, um, and a few of the other staff at Lincoln, um, Jez, George, and things like that, they're, they're always in touch with me, seeing how I'm getting on. Um, you know, saying, you know, even at the start of the season, if I wasn't playing well, they'd tell me I wasn't playing well, which is what you want. Yeah. Because, yeah. But honestly, you, you yeah, appreciate well, yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. Last question. I hadn't spoken to you before, and I sort of was... I was wondering, am I going to hear a bit of a Scottish accent here or something like that? No. Because, you know, I think in the match report I've mentioned like Scottish on 21 international because yeah. you're in this recent squad, but then I realised, no, no, he's, you grew up in England. So what's the link there? How does I, that come about? I grew up in England, yeah, but um, on my dad's side, my dad's Scottish, so um, I'm, I'm, I can play for Scotland and, you know, it's... That was even that was a that was an amazing experience. That's a great. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's even the fact that they must be watching you here as well in mm. terms of the call you up. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm delighted about that. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's great to get the get the experience. Yeah, yeah. The experience, and even though I didn't play, just you know, well, I knew one of the lads from Lincoln who was in there. Um, so yeah, I'm, and I met a lot of new people and. Played, played at a high standard training so I really enjoyed it um, but I'm just kind of taking it as it comes at the minute so um, every match just trying to you know, stay level headed and just enjoy it and get the minutes in see where it takes it okay listen thanks very much yeah, so that was um, that was Sam Long. Um, I think when I he, doesn't sound like he's Scottish. No, when he when he finished the interview, he was sort of walking towards where his family were, and I was sort of walking a bit behind him. And I, I'm fairly sure I heard him say that was hell, but I could be wrong. He could have. I mean, he could be talking about something completely different. Could have been on about heading the game park. I, I mean, he could welcome to hell, <laughs> or he, could, he might have said something completely different. But I was thinking like. I'm definitely becoming a lot more conscious, Johnny. That like I thought you did well in that interview. Okay, well, thought, oh, thanks. You thought, know, that I thought you met him, met him, but, met him, kind of at, at ease. But it, I am becoming increasingly conscious of being like someone who's forty this year, interviewing <laughs> a nineteen-year-old. You're like, do you watch a bit of the Netflix or all that? I mean, they've probably moved on from that. I mean, Netflix have lost a lot of subscribers. I see. You know, so you're just sort of like. Oh, what are you doing with your spare time? And you're like, well, I don't know what 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds actually do in their spare time. Del Boy, no clue. Del Boy, our producer, and I were at the War on Drugs gig on Friday, and it was the first time ever I was in a bar with... I'm so not fucking... Sorry, pardon my language. I'm so out. Yeah. I'm well, not even sure I know who War on Drugs are. Yeah. I thought the, War on Drugs was a movement. Yeah, well, it, well, yeah, it was on, it was on Friday that, night, actually. But, that, um, <laughs> that Nancy Reagan's thing or something, no? <laughs> but, like, there were three of us in the bar, and we were she talking about... She was an interesting it. character. We were talking talking about our 40s and I was like how has it come to this and we are edging ever closer to Principal Skinner no it is the children who are wrong we are edging ever closer to Principal Skinner what do kids do I don't know it's a dreadful reckoning that we're facing Um, I mean it's like I mean, it's, it's just simple. This is yeah. absolutely nothing to do with the League of Ireland keepers coming on loan from the UK, which I was going you're, to bring you're, up. You're, you're, you're one of your go-to topics. I mean, more, yes, there's a lot of goalkeepers on loan in, in, in the league from the UK. Um, What's your point on it? When did you realise that? Yeah, I'm just I'm old here. Like I'm out of touch. Uh, I, I, I just is, think, is it I, when you do interviews with these kids now? I think the like, pandemic has been a nice bridge into it because yeah. it's sort of like you you lose sort of two years of degree of like social life and stuff, and now you're coming back out and you look at town in the evenings and you're like, 
oh, this isn't this isn't really my my, my city anymore. When, when I was at other voice, whereas I used to be wandering around, you'd know everyone and all this, and now it's it's just a little bit of a different vibe. You're going yeah. home and people are coming out, and, and like you, but I'm very conscious. Like you're talking to you're talking to footballers and stuff, and it's probably an advantage sometimes if you're of a similar age. Like you can sort of relate. You, know, you can relate to a small bit, but now you're sort of talking to people like born twenty years ago, and you're just like God. Like I was at um a couple of year, a couple of weeks back, I was at a St Pat's press conference. And uh, it wasn't me who asked the question. I'm not having a go whoever asked the question, but um, rightly it was pointed out that Adam O'Reilly was wearing number 16. And uh, was this Roy a Roy Keane, Roy Keane thing? Now, O'Reilly said it was. And then and then he was asked, well, you know, is he someone you admired and all this? But then, like, I was looking at he, he Adam. Was, he, was, he was born, he was born in 2001. He was, Roy so, like, finished like Roy Keane finished in 2005. So, mm. effectively, now, I know through Premier League years and stuff, you can, like, build it. But it's like, totally true. Pe- people our age, like, might talk about just what a great player, you know, Platini was or something. Mm. And, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, you talk about George Best, oh, yeah. And, like, you know, you never saw them play or, or Platini, maybe. No, you wouldn't have, really. But it, it is actually something you have to get you have This to get is the thing. If, if Roy Keane goes into a dressing room now and he's spoken about this, a lot of the players don't remember him playing like so yeah. that's that's where he's at so he's not the persona that oh he was an amazing footballer he's the guy that they know off sky sports and yeah. that's how it is um but anyway you mean go, go on, just I, have to be down with the kids i i i, I was i texted kevin darty before the season and i was like how good is this keeper and he was really really confident that he was going to have a good season um i think shepherd for dundalk is going to be a very good keeper as well i i, I know he was kind of criticized for the goal on monday i think not, not at all i was at the game um, it was the weight of the pass and he kind of came out and then he, you know, he, he came and then he came back, but he was sort of, I wouldn't blame him at all for the goal. He looks very, very short, really good off his line. We'd obviously Anang coming in from Pats who replaced Yaros, who was also on loan last season. Um, I might be missing someone else in my in terms of goalkeepers on loan. Lewis Webb. Lewis Webb as well, who's obviously had a shaky enough start, but it's intriguing. I, I, I don't know what you make of it. Like, cause obviously, you know, goalkeepers in, in Ireland want to play and like nearly half of the division now is like a goalkeeper. Well, I think the, but, but the point about goalkeepers in the league of Ireland at the moment is that there's a wasteland between the age of say, uh, 23 and almost 33. Yeah. Well, no, but there is yeah. though, this is the thing that for whatever reason, and maybe some of them just haven't got opportunities or, you know, for whatever reason it might be, I don't know. You had like Conor O'Malley would be in that age now. Mm. He dropped, you know, he stepped away and there would Didn't be- a, fancy football. Yeah, and there would be other instances, but that is a strike. You still have Brendan Clark doing it now. He's been important for Shells mm. to come back in. You still have Manus. Okay, in the first division, you've got Brian Murphy still there. And like Brian Murphy would have spoken to Premier Division clubs over the winter. So you have them and then clubs have decided, no, there isn't maybe that- goalkeeper in that sort of mid to late 20s sort of um, bracket there that we want to sign. So we have to go to the UK. Mm. Now, in the case of Shells, it realized actually, you know, it turned out they maybe had the better option there all along. Um, but Who's that is the best a fun- goalkeeper in the Premier Division? At the moment. Uh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, it could be long. It could be, it could be McGinty. Some would say Talbot. I don't, I don't think it's Shepard, but I have to admit, he's, he's come he's a along a lot. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. you know, like McGinty's good. I mean, maybe it is Shepard. I don't know. Maybe he will be in time. Um, could be Anang. Uh, could be. I mean, Anang is on, I think he's on reasonably good terms at, at, at West Ham. So and he's, um, you know, he's, 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 he just seems a great lad as well. He's just really I think a couple, of them was L, a couple of them were probably judged unfairly by some shaky starts. Mm. Um but I mean, you think about it like they've never played in some cases senior football before or maybe a handful of games and you're just adjusting to a different sort mm. of climate. And I think what you see is a lot of them are actually improving. 
um, as the season goes on. But I think what we need to do now is go to our mailbag because we've we've covered a lot of Rovers and Dalkin and draw the Derry. Um, but there was other things that happened over the weekend. The mailbag did deal with some of them. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Okay, so we had a big enough response um, across Instagram and Twitter box uh, quite a few shells comments I do find that Damien Duff right people say we're obsessed with Damien Duff right? or you know people are obsessed with Damien Duff but he also generates a lot of opinion too like people that have an opinion on him um, and I loved, I loved uh, like what a sort of a mad weekend they had though really uh, when they when they go to Derry and they were incredibly good uh, well no sorry incredibly good result and it feels like a corner is turned and then they come back to Talca and they get smashed by Bowes you know and I said I watched a fair bit of that game um, and it's a good point here I think it's Keith Nutley um, Shells keep conceding the same goal every week lose it in midfield don't take the player out they, they, do, they do in Talca and anyway. that was something that, um, Aidan O'Hara my colleague mentioned to me even about that Aaron Green goal mm. last week that there was actually several opportunities um, for Shells players to foul Kicking. him yeah. um, and Murray Higgins spoke the other day about that was Derry, a very interesting point just go down in the Derry box players aren't, you know, if, you're a, if you're a referee listening in I think the big thing referees and I think the standard of refereeing isn't bad in the league the big thing is just because the player doesn't go down doesn't mean it's not a foul but that doesn't happen anywhere it in world football it doesn't so, I mean, it's a tr- it's basically true. The players maybe we should trail trailblaze in the League of Ireland. Yeah, I admired the Derry City players for not going down, but the shells point is interesting. Yeah, they, they have given away a similar goal, and they had. Um, I mean, obviously A. Darvin, chatty A. Darvin. You come in, you win, you get sent off. You know, he was given. So they had Adam Thomas in there, um, who had a tough tough mm. game. Tough game. And JJ Loney come back as well. Yeah, the ball away, he, so he's, he yeah but Thomas particularly now struggled and he's mm. an admirable story. Like he's a guy who came from New Zealand and came to the work training camp and got signed by Shells and he's been given a chance. It just didn't, didn't happen for him. I know at times, sometimes it's the player who's closest gets the blame when maybe the pass was bad and stuff, but a couple of times it just mm. looked like, and it was almost like for Shells on Monday, it was like that opening game against Pats where they were being cut open the same way a lot of times. And they've clearly maybe tried to play, as Duff said, a bit more freer at home, but it's just, they can't get the balance right. And yet they'll go to Oriel on Friday um, where you have the second best home record, I think, against maybe the second best away record. And we'll see Gotta how... Got to be the best away record. Surely. Shells, no, I think, I think Derry have taken more points away from home. Maybe then, it's level now, but uh, anyway, in any no, 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 Derry have taken 14 points on their travels. Shells, are 13. Shells have taken 11, but they've won fewer five, game played. Um, um, Anthony Slevin, uh, who you'll remember from that really cool um, um, video he used to do for our sponsor. Uh, to be clear, our listeners, I will remember him from that, but our listeners won't. won't. Well, He's someone who's helped us. Anto Slevin, who's a friend of the pod and has been uh, doing a lot of cool graphics for us. Shell's home form is non-existent. Duffer a spoofer? Question mark. Just yeah, moans all it? the time when it's obvious tactics need to change. It, I, I, I've watched Shells I've no concerns for Shells and I think he's um, finding his way bear in mind Damien Duff has never coached at senior football level before neither has oh Joe. he has coached sorry, sorry he's, he's, never he's never managed he's never managed he's never managed difference. and Joey O'Brien but see you can't talk about Joey O'Brien not having because Duff has then Duff has worked with but Ireland the, the two of them are new to, they're, they're, yeah but you know? Duff is in the hot seat for the first time that's the difference Joey O'Brien is just off the pitch so they're and they've they're, they're working together essentially for the first time. I understand it, they're they're feeling their way and they've been amazingly good on the road. Yeah, Michal, don't underestimate beating Derry City. No, in the no, no, no. I think they'll be um, fine. Michal Fay shells simply don't have the midfielders to play on their front foot. That's a comment there. And there was 
Well, yeah, they, they're missing Jack. They're missing Jack Most media, all I see, Byron Martin, all I see is shells route one and kicking opposition thoughts. Um, I don't believe that to be the case, but I mean, there have been the times in games where I think their approach has been, you could describe it as negative or conservative, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I also think um, I've, I've seen them at other times trying to play. It's, it's getting the balance right as being the issue with them. But um, Is Johnny wrong again and Clancy's just a fraud? Um, Who I says mean, that? That's, that's actually, I couldn't, I, sh- I shouldn't even mention that because his name isn't, um, he's got like a, one of those names, silly names. Clancy's just a well, fraud. What's a silly name like? Like Gis Uzel. Oh, okay. That, um, that could be. A, with 1929, which um, I presume that's not the year he was born. So I, I don't know. Anyway, that's Gis. Great, if he was. Then probably called Chris in. in well, that's a Gis, I mean, it's not that the, silly a name. It's just a nickname. Gis Uzel. I mean, you, you, what was your name on Twitter when you used to be on it? We mourn you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people might look at you and go, some guy texts me here, doesn't have a name. Just just to bear in mind, it was at We mourn you, but Johnny Ward clearly right beside it, my name. I'm just saying though, yeah. like, you know. Is yeah. is Clancy just a fraud? No. Um, no. I, I, we haven't mentioned Pats, like, I mean, just scraping by in Belfield. Um, in the, oh, in they the did. I mean, like, that's, um, why we, that's why the mailbag exists, because we're, we're looking for more feedback and that stuff. And I mean, I, the I, Pat I, story I, is... Um, that was mad. I mean, they I mean, they, they had, I think, possibly their player of the season so far, Redmond, tank for um, a late winner. And um, it was a massive, massive two points that they, you know, they were going to drop. Um, yeah, which, but they'd taken two points, I think, in four games. But then they have a week where they were playing UCD and Finn Harps and... They really do need to take full points from those games mm. to sort of, to just, I think the way, it's funny the way the fixtures are working out for some clubs that the, a lot of the clubs at the top seem to have tough run of games around, you know, against teams around them. And then they have like a, a, spate, a of, spate of yeah. the, the teams you're expected to beat. And like Derry are in that run at the moment where they play um, Drada and Shells and then they play UCD on Friday and they've slipped up. So they expected and Pat's now, you know, it's a case of get through these couple of games and win these games. And if they drop points on Monday, it definitely would have been um, the, the the way the league is this year. It's so congested that um, everyone's one or two results away from crisis. Yeah. Or like you know, Bows are in crisis, and then they win against Shells, and then it's an early kickoff. So you actually look at the table, and they're like third mm. or fourth or something. You know. Yeah. So it's funny. We have a few Bows comments um, as well because they're obviously you know, Bows are far better with Levingston in the middle. Bert is the best winger in the league. Question marks his own rock. I mean Bows like. Like this thing with the double header, you talk about the, the most recent thing in the memory is the 4 1 against Shells. I mean, against nine man Finn Harps at home, they conceded in injury time. Unbelievable. Just like extraordinarily sloppy mm. um, and raise massive questions. And yet then they go and, and they win 4 1 on, on Monday. Does that render the questions irrelevant? It probably doesn't. But um, I've barely seen Bowes this season, but I definitely imagine they've better shape if Levingston is playing. They've obviously, they're massively missing Buckley. I think that's very apparent. But Levingston is, to me, is the only. Only, the only essentially holding midfielder that they have um, in, a, in a load of attacking players. One thing that struck me down about the Shells game, the pace of Burke for that goal was like, I know it was a deflection, but it was an unbelievable run. So much quality. Um, and he looks like he's hitting the derby game in, on Friday yeah, night. But the one thing you play against Bows is that they're very, they can be extremely good on the counter. And that's why you, yeah, you don't leave yourself ex- goal was good exposed. As well. And Shells just seem to have... Oh, like, I don't know was it the defence being a bit too deep at times mm. Thomas the holding players weren't in no man, a little bit of no man's land but 
I mean, there was just big spaces there that teams teams were running into. And Derry, then, worst 45 minutes of the season in the second half against Shells from Quayle McLaughlin. Fair play, Shells came out fighting after poor first half. We should have beaten Drogheda. did more than enough uh, just to wobble. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, one Connor Pico Lopez is the best centre half in the country. Um, came um, back into the... Rovers team over the weekend and I think you could immediately tell the difference um, yeah, and there's a few other comments along those lines from Rovers and we're not getting through Danny Mandroyu with consistent best player in the league mm-hmm. um, I think Danny Mandroyu was um, I don't know was he Dan, was he was he the Danny Mandroyu that we all know um, in, in, in recent weeks um, he looked like he was I don't know he was he, he kind of went off one of the games he didn't look happy and so on and so forth um, I think maybe the turning point for him was the Shells game where he came off the bench and set up that goal for Aaron Green when he could basically, I think nine players out of 10 would have gone themselves. Instead, he squared it um, and he was absolutely superb. Yeah, now we, we have games. gone on a Rovers tangent again here, but the, the striking thing about Mandrew is when he went to Rovers first. It's, it's, it's not a tangent, it's actually a comment. Well, it's a comment, bag. but we said we wouldn't go too much in Rovers. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to say it's Rovers obsessed now and we're, said we're going to talk about other clubs and we've ended up talking about Rovers. The one thing about Mandrew, Sligo, when yeah. you think about Mandrew now, you think about his athleticism, mm. you know, and his speed, which weren't maybe in my head anyway, the things that come into my mind when he joined them Jack first. Brown described it as rapid. Um, I did actually interview Danny Mandroyu after the game and the interview just did not record and I was too embarrassed to ask him again. So sorry about that. Well, well, yeah. But he was, he was, he was, he was smiling. Well, I'm sure he was. Um, PJOM72, there should be more bank holiday games scheduled for 2, 3 p.m. It allows for a bigger away support. And that's a Cork City fan. I think that's an interesting point. I think mm. um, I think the bank holidays definitely, like the double headers aren't particularly popular with people, but managers maybe. But I definitely think if you're ever going to do them, the bank holiday weekends is a good time Defo. to do them. And, and I think being a little bit more creative with the kickoff times on Monday was good. Actually, the one thing, Derry were the ones who didn't benefit from that 7.45 game in the Indrada. evening. You know, and it was a good crowd there and it was mm. a good travelling support, but clearly if it was a, earlier in the kickoff, um, my, I don't know where Drada, would they even think at a ferry house or anything like that? I kind of wonder, was there other factors that yeah, would be, just, that would be just tied into it? I just want to say, um, this is Pat Quinn, attending the Rovers Pass game Friday was one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced at an LOI game. It made me proud to be a football supporter in Ireland. Um, though the result was not to my liking I've attended LOI games for over 50 years past really um, delighted to uh, have somebody who um, is, is going to the games that long and is enjoying it so much Phelan Warren hi lads excellent show as always Rover was definitely winning to motor other than the goals tally but the Dundalk win was as convincing in 1-0 as you'll see um, will still be a closer title race and still only 11 games in yeah Phelan did a very good piece on Milltown last week actually I saw that it was posted online somewhere because I, I was at the game on Friday and Mick Cairns we're talking about Rovers again but I mean they are sending in a lot of comments uh, Mick Cairns the Shamrock Rovers fan who spent a year during lockdown oh, yeah, building yeah, yeah. a model of uh, Milltown as it was mm. in 1987 and the level of detail is extraordinary um, like I posted up on Twitter on Friday and I got a lot of responses from people and it was just a little specific detail of like the gorse behind on the roof and just little touches that I think anyone who had been there I mean I was never there you were never there but anyone who every, ever, every taxi driver I had in yeah. my college days had actually got used to go to military yeah, that so, was in the days when nobody was really following Shamrock Rovers anymore because they were in their own what did you achieve business. during lockdown did you Jonathan no nothing no, achieve nothing. Oh, I got into cycling and then, yeah. You met your current partner. Yeah. Um, hasn't been to a League of Ireland game yet. Mm. That's the way I that, aim to keep it. That's the project. <laughs> um, Sean, Sean Gleeson, uh, this is the worst Bray team in the last 20 years. Good to have some first division commentary. We have some uh, more. No direction, terrible players. 
clueless manager. I don't think Pat Devon is clueless. But yeah. um, they got a great uh, result in Cork at the weekend. Um, they stymied Cork's march, allowing goal. You know, they're definitely are limited. But then Longford come and do them on mm, the last minute. I'm in wondering. the last minute from a breakaway, um, we haven't mentioned goal. United had a massive win in in Waterford. Um, Manu Dimas wearing gloves, Dan. It must have been about fourteen degrees. On Who cares, man? Oh man. Who cares? Well, Chris Sutton cares because he called out. Um, He's a crank like yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, who did Chris Sutton play for? Martin O'Neill. There you go. Like you are in the Martin O'Neill uh, wing. You morph into the people you like, kind this, of. You know, this is it. Like, um, Owen Tubbert is is all on. the nineteen-year-olds be wearing gloves now, Johnny. It's, We're out of touch. Um, I'm not going to mention the the name of the player, but just to mention, um, uh, you're going to slag me for this, but um, Alex Murphy, obviously, he's off to Newcastle. Um, fellow uh, Galway United player who will remain nameless, uh, basically texted me last night. Best young talent I've ever seen in the league. This, this fella has played for very, very good clubs. So, um, best of luck, Alex. I hope you live I, I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious who that player is, isn't it? Um, maybe it is, but there we are. Best young but, who, but, he, but the context, who's the, who have they played with? Like, uh, if it's Manu Dimas, the glove-wearing Manu Dimas, he's the only uh, young talent. Like he's probably, Santander at one Yeah, stage, but he said he? in the league, you know? Yeah. Was it Conor McCormick? Um, I don't know who it was, actually. I'm not going to... He was a core was, was some very good young players, yeah. He's uh, un- he doesn't have a name. Um, is his name Git Uzel um, um, footballer best of luck Alex anyway he was performance on Friday just keeps going up levels okay well speaking of going up levels uh, the mystery voice competition goes from strength to strength yeah how this many, week's how many, right answers was, to, how many right answers did we have last week one this yeah. week's this because it was it was a tough one we're, we're, we're putting out a poll on the future of the mystery yeah. voice competition I mean you're talking about Ian Morris right I definitely think the mystery voice competition is coming under serious pressure here <laughs> this was the this was the voice last week just recapping it and only one of you got it right and we're going to reveal who that was afterwards radio live transmission love live transmission that was Pat Morley um and the winner was Alan Hanks. This one, Dan, is he's a he. He, you should be able to get this. I mean, uh, I maybe, do we need to like put out the mystery a, a, a teaser to go with the mystery voice, like a trivia mystery voice mix up, like because you like your trivia, like a, like a collaboration, give, like give, sort give, of give uh, us, give us, give like us, George Michael and Elton John <laughs> singing. You've got don't let the sun go down on me. Give us, give us your trivia. So for this lad, I mean, no, no, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 okay. the mystery voice competition. And the trivia for this lad is Watch him Johnny's talked about him a lot in the show already <laughs> Here he is What's the story Morning Glory What's the story Morning Glory And thanks as ever to uh, Porterhouse Brew um, With four beers to give away If you can guess that I think we're going to get a very good response to that And obviously if we don't I'm I, I've got to be like that You're under the cash. I'm like Duffer after the game on Monday it's, it's not the player's fault For giving the ball away Under minimal pressure at times It's my fault For setting them up this we way have to I'm, accept gonna, I'm going to accept responsibility ne- never something I, I, I like the mystery voice And I like the fact that It's not very obvious all the time I think it, you have to You know you have to um, You have to work And uh, some people are very good At recognising voices Some are not um, yeah, but like Johnny, I mean, it really, it has just become a series of people that you're friendly with sending you voice notes and no one else, like people don't know, it, like you may as well just put in like your, your sister's voice, you know what I mean, at some stage. Because Pat Morley, like who's one of the leading scorers ever in the League of Ireland. Yeah. And he's, he's a mate of mine, as in Pat Morley, like he's one of the most recognised people in Irish football. He's not that recognised. 
Um, one person was, and he <laughs> recognised by one person. Well, I'm on about facially here rather than his voice. Yeah, but it's not facial recognition; it's it's vocal recognition. Vocal recognition. As, as, as has been pointed out, <laughs> as has been pointed out, League of Ireland voices don't like you know. For years, people might have like never heard various League of Ireland characters speak. You know, it is what it is. Like you know. Anyway, this this week's one was a bit easier. Um, is it time to go to Luke McNally? It is. This is something a uh, something a bit different. It's your chat with Luke McNally, who's obviously. Uh, ex and Pats, ex Drawdy United Loney, doing very well with Oxford at the moment, and um, yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff in this little chat with Luke. If you just could you just talk about your your time in the League of Ireland? What was it like joining Pats, and what was it like kind of your your time there when you came back, and obviously going on loan to Drawd as well? Yeah, I loved it. Um, obviously, I was with Tim uh, Tim Clancy then, and uh, down in Drawd, I had a great time. It's a good introduction, really, to um, into senior football. He's He's a really good manager and he good trust in me and he let me just get on with it, you know. And it worked out really well. Um, not a bad word to say with the club. I, I played for the club under 17s when I was younger yeah. as well. So I knew I was familiar with a couple of people there and, and then I moved on to Pat's uh, underage side, back to Jada then on loan. Um, and I went really well. I really enjoyed it. It was probably the first taste of like men's football and then playing in front of crowds. So I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and wanted more of that. Went into Pats and, you know, looking back, at, you could see that we were building something in hindsight. But at the time, I was really disappointed with the year. Um, I thought we had a brilliant team. I just thought we had probably underachieved in the end. The COVID didn't help. I think yeah. a bit more fluidity would have went a lot better. It was just a messy kind of year. But... Um, you could see the groundworks were there. Um, if we just banged in a few more goals, I think we would have got Europe really. But in the end, it was still a good experience. It was still really exciting for me. I know there's no crowds for a lot of it, but you know, playing again, playing in talent, those little things there, they mean a lot to a lad who, who comes through like the League of Ireland underage, you know, to actually go out and play against Shamrock Rovers first team and all these kind of fixtures. It is a big deal. So at the time it was brilliant and, I still look back with good memories, you know. What What did you make of your um, spell at Pats? Like, how did you think you performed when you when you came back to Pats and obviously played in that season? Uh, probably disappointed with it, really. Uh, right. Mind, um, uh, I would have liked to have done a lot better, um, but I can't complain either because obviously I showed enough to to get myself to England. But um, yeah, no. I'd, <laughs> It, it was what it was. I think the COVID year was difficult. And, and even in, in life outside of football, it was difficult. You know, it was all coming, coming to a custom of different things. And then I think I was slowly finding my rhythm towards the end of the season before it, uh, it was nipped in the bud, you know. It was only 18 games in it. So I, yeah. I'd like to think as the season went on and grow and grow, I was only at 20 at the time. So as the season went on, I think I would have, I would have shown probably what, more of what I've made of um but overall, I can't I can't complain too much. No. Did you um, progress in terms of your on the ball? Um, you know, when you were you're putting it to Premier Division, obviously a lot of it's on the ground. Did that help you develop in terms of possession football? Or uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, Stephen encouraged it a lot. Um, mm. I want to play a lot of football, and I think it was easier playing beside Lee Desmond as well. He's a good footballer, so. Yeah. To be fair, we struck up a very good partnership actually for that second half of the season. I think we kept a lot of clean sheets if you look back and um, yeah, slowly progressed, grew in confidence and then 
there just wasn't enough games in it really to be honest, Johnny, in the end. Mm. Uh, Why was Stevie like? Yeah, he was good. He's he, I learned a lot from him really. Um such a winning mentality, you can just you can feel it off him nearly. You know, he takes no crap and he he's just there to win. And um you know, I have a lot of respect for that really. I think it's quite admirable really when you meet someone who who just is all about winning at all costs. So I learned so much from him and a good person as well. I still um I still hear from him plenty, he still keeps in contact yeah. with him. So he's a he's a top guy, a lot of time from. Um but yeah, no, I learned I learned so much from and him and Tim, you know. He said um he was talking earlier and he said the speed of him, he he's like watching a group horse on the gallop. So your father liked that analogy anyway. <laughs> I'll tell him that one. <laughs> yeah. That's before don't you? What what was the yeah, I suppose by comparison then what were Tim and Kev like? Yeah, totally different really. Um totally different. Uh Tim 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 was like uh, like a father figure, probably more so. And right. Stevie would have been a bit tougher on me. Um which I kinda I kinda enjoyed both of them really. I, I enjoyed the challenge of trying to impress Stevie and then and then Tim was the arm around the shoulder, you know. Um so they were they were very different and Kev is obviously helped me a lot when he was there. So yeah, they all have different qualities. Um, but both really top managers and it's you know, I think over the next few years you'll see the two of them rise to the top really and and, and probably go to the UK in the end, you know. Wouldn't disagree there. Did was there any was there any player you played in the League of Ireland that you struggled to mark at in a specific game or something you were like, okay, well that's I learned a bit there. Um um no, I ne- I I never really I never really come off and thought, geez, no, he was he was mm. too good. Uh, I think Hoban's movement was definitely sharper than a lot of the rest of them. Um, yeah. And that's no disrespect to the rest of them. I think mm. I just I just did see that bit of class in Hoban. Um that I didn't really find in others. But there wasn't any fear there, you know. I didn't I didn't fear him at all. It was just a case of um, being on the pitch and knowing, yeah, no, this guy, maybe I'll just have to be a tad sharper with him, yeah. And, the, 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 like, were you always sort of a centre-back? Because, obviously, like, the, the goals you were getting late in the season, I think you've, correct me if I'm wrong, you have four for Oxford. But you, you obviously can, you can score goals and you're tall as well. Yeah, no, it's all centre-back, yeah. Um, we, we, at Oxford, we've been playing a back three for... Um, probably half the season and half the season with a back four so I'm comfortable playing in, in a three or a two um, or a four as you say so yeah no, I, I think three of them were set pieces and one was just kind of randomly just found myself at the edge of the box once and, and hit one in but yeah no, I've always enjoyed scoring uh, I didn't score many at Pats now but I do have an act for it and you know the, there's no better buzz really I think yeah. some, defenders, some defenders lie I think when they're asked <laughs> if they prefer clean sheets or goals, like scoring a goal is probably the best feeling you'll get, really. So um, I do enjoy that, yeah. How does how does League One compare to the, the, the perennial insecure League of Ireland fan? How does League One compare to your League of Ireland? Oh, it's, it's a tough one, Johnny, because yeah. when, I was, when I was in uh, the HSC League, I probably would have a much different perspective than what I do now it's just mm. it is a step up I think it is a step up and I think physicality is probably the main part um, right. you know I think pace and strength is is nearly a necessity for uh, that's the biggest difference for me is the pace and the strength of it it goes up another notch um, 
and little things around the box are sharper, but and you know everything goes up a goes up a few attributes. But I don't think it's a million miles off. You know, it's funny. I was on the bus home there on Saturday, and I had Pats and Rovers on. And I show and I was showing with the lads, and I was just like, "What do you think of this standard? Like, if you're just to watch that game." And he said that's very good, like, and I was like, yeah. Who was who was who are you showing it to? I showed it to our keeper Jack Stevens, and he, he he admitted he was like, no, that's you know, that's a good level of football. And I was watching that's it for five, cool. like, the first few minutes. I was watching them, and you know, Pats were playing out, uh, Rovers were pressing it when they won it. You know what I mean? It, it was football. I, like when I was growing up watching League of Ireland, it wasn't as appealing as it is now. Like you can really. I think it's so evident you can see an improvement and it's definitely getting closer. Definitely, definitely improving, you know. So you're keeping an eye on it? Oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm supporting, I'm supporting Kevin, Dan and Jod, I'm supporting Tim and um, Pat Stephanie, you know, and, and I wish Stevie well as well. I don't think Pat's fans want to hear that, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I know, I, I, obviously a lot of the lads I played are, in the round of the league, it's funny how you know everyone gets jumbled up after I'm only gone eighteen months probably, and everyone's at different teams now. They they move so much, but no, I'm it's it's a good league this year. It's really exciting, really, and I, and I mean that really is exciting season, you know. It's 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 interesting as well though, isn't it, Luke? Because like the you know the, the as of um, recently, I think John Sheridan might be the only Republic of Ireland. Um, coach in the four divisions in England so like a lot of these young coaches as well they have to try their luck in Ireland effectively and you know you have a lot of young managers there three of whom you played for yeah yeah from the coaching aspect yeah it's um, obviously I'm not I wouldn't know as much about that side of things but um, yeah you obviously seen with Pat Fennon going over and, and Michael O'Neill and stuff it's just that one hasn't done it in a while probably uh, but I yeah. think as you can see you can see them coming through, um, like just off the top of my head. You're thinking, um, this this four, this four or five all young managers that that look really good. Obviously, Tim Stevie and um, Roy Higgins is there, and um, like there's there's plenty. Kev now, and you know there's a lot of young. Even Stephen Bradley's young. So there's there's one of them. Will, I'm sure one of them will, or you know, someone will take a punt and and they'll do well because they are good managers. You know, obviously didn't include that in the audio there but he's a big fan of the podcast and he's obviously um still great taste obviously great taste but he's obviously still mad into the league of ireland i mean just the idea of going on a team bus watching like the game from the night before um between rovers no, and, nice lad he came across a nice uh, lad. shades like, of, shades of jamie mcgrath about him actually in um, terms of like um just mm. you know you're listening to me thinking yeah there's nothing big time here at all Hello, this is a message from the future with the news that Ian Morris uh, is gone from Watford, um, which I have to say I'm not massively surprised by, um, given the maybe unpredictable nature of the board down there. Um, I think their season has been really, really poor, it has to be said, considering their probable budget and the players that uh, he had. Um, you know, as Dan has said, he did kind of inherit a squad, which can be problematic. Look at Stephen Kenny at Shamrock Rovers, for example. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it wasn't good enough, I suppose, the start they had. And they were very, very poor, I thought, against going United Friday and by all accounts weren't much or any better. Um, 
against Cork on Monday and the Wexford game um, became a really big southeast derby now and Wexford are no pushovers at all and could have actually beaten them uh, in the RSC and so as a Galway United fan and um, this was I guess news that uh, you know we, we thought might happen in terms of one of the main kind of rivals in the race and um, losing uh, a manager because he hadn't been performing and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Watford go now and um, it'll be tough for Ian Morris after this because you know he wasn't in the job very long and obviously the Shelburne situation as he told us um, on the podcast uh, not that long ago it didn't end too well there so he's a very highly regarded coach and it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah no I have to say I was still from my perspective I was still a little bit surprised maybe I'm just not as in tune with the first division as, as you are and I suppose you, know, you lose back-to-back home games, you know, over the weekend to your promotion rivals, um, and given the fact that you know Waterford, um, you know, they, they shouldn't have been relegated last season. They were sort of the architects of their own downfall by not holding it together. Um, the real pressure was there to come back, and already at this stage, I mean, you look at the league table, you see them fifth behind um, clubs with maybe amateur, part-time players um, in Treaty and, and, and Longford, and. Yeah, you can see where the pressure comes from, but I, I still was a little bit surprised it happened this quickly. Now, you know, you make inquiries, and um, you always hear this. I suppose when something like this happens, you hear maybe, you know, maybe there might have been one or t- two bits of friction with influential players. Now, that can happen at clubs where where things are going well, um, but clearly, um, you have a situation there. I suppose you've you know UK based uh, owner. You, know, you have a chairman appointed there. You have a lot of the squad, um, that were were there from last year, and um, I suppose a manager coming into it, you can see how if they don't start well, um, they can end up on on the back foot, and and clearly that's that that is what's happened here. So, um, yeah, we 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 will just see how quickly they they produce uh, a candidate. That'll be informative in itself if something happens very quickly. Um, you know, you can draw your own conclusions about, you know, how plans have been formed. If it takes a bit of time, then maybe it has just been a bit of a, a flash reaction to the weekend. Um, but having sort of gone for a different type of appointment with a local one, um, I suppose we'll be interested, fascinating, whatever the word is, to see if they go overseas again. But anyway, let's go back to this morning for this weekend's fixtures. Maybe maybe you're right, Dan. It is nearly time for uh, the fixtures, I think, this weekend. Well, I mean, it's not nearly time. I mean, it is time. It is time for the fixtures this weekend. Maybe um, with some fixtures. The show keeps going on. St. Patrick's Galetic, Finn Harps, Derry City UCD, Dundalk, Shelburne, Bow, Shamrock Rovers, um, which I presume will be sold out. And Sligo. Oh, sure, it'll be sold out already. Sligo Rovers. We've barely there mentioned Sligo the, Rovers draw the United there, on Saturday. There was an appeal for, uh, I think there's some, was it some German fan or something was coming over for the game trying to get tickets online because they've book their flights and stuff. They're actually, they're way more visible. At the Pats, uh, the dock match, never mentioned this, there was um, 12 or 13 lads in front of the press box together who, I don't know, the German or maybe Dutch, I don't know. Like, I did leave insert German. I wasn't listening to them that closely, but they were sort of, uh, they were standing up and then they were in a couple of season tickets holder spots and maybe weren't meant to be there. But it's one of the things you enjoy seeing back is like the random sort of football tourist 
popping up at games but I think getting into Bowes Rovers could be challenging for them unless they're they're ahead of it early doors I remember um, we were going out we were playing in Gerta Keegan years and years ago um, and I was young at the time and we turned up at the ground and there was like nobody in the car area outside Gerta Keegan except this car of Germans and they'd been at like they'd been over for Northern Ireland Germany I think the night before and they're like yeah yeah we're here like we were here a couple of hours before kickoff just to avoid the crowds and I was like you're okay you're okay you don't need to worry about that and Gerta Keegan has a bar as well just in case you want to get the in dog. the mon dog and um, the cows overlooking the stadium yeah and uh, the first region fixture is South East Derby Wexford and Watford uh, playing the ground that's not up scratch Go United Bray Wanderers uh, Cove Ramblers Cork City another derby and El Classy Cork I saw El Classy Cork um, big one for Cork City um, but they're still going really really strong and Longford Town uh, Treaty United in a battle for the Possibly the playoffs then, although Longford are somewhat in the title race at the moment. Yeah, all the games in hand. A. Darvin called that, to be fair. Yeah, um, they're 17 points from eight games. actually a really good start. Cork City flying high and obviously Go United welcoming Bray. That's pretty much our lot. Where are you? Are you at a game Friday? Um, I am. I did the last Rovers Bows game, so I don't think I'm doing this one. So I might be at the Oriel. Might be at the Dalkin Shells, potentially. Um, yeah, and the show. Just, what about yourself? I'm hoping to get to uh, hoping to get to Galway, but I am presenting on off the ball on Saturday. So if you are listening in, Dan and I'd probably be pretty League of Ireland teams, you'd imagine. We'll we'll, see. we'll 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 badger it in there. Thanks to Future Ticketing. Badger. We'll, <laughs> Is he texting you again? <laughs> Future Ticketing Porterhouse Brew, uh, Collar and Cuff, and um, thanks to the four guys, five guys actually, for the interviews as well. Uh, congratulations to Alan Hanks uh, for the mystery voice winner. We shall be back next week. <laughs>